I had your attention. You're all dismissed. Bankrupt. Better luck with your next job. I am not a stranger to the dark. This is not the life I promised you. Not even close. Because we don't want your broken parts. Girls, I think I've had an idea. Look out, cause here I come. And I'm marching on to the beat I draw. P.T. Barnum, at your service. I'm putting together a show. And I need a star. Every one of us is special. And nobody is like anyone else. That's the point of my show. Ready? Showtime. by being like everyone else. I can't just run off and join the circus. Why not? I mean, you clearly have a flair for show business. For show business? Mm-hmm. I've never heard of it. Because I just invented it. All right, all right, all right. What's up, Grace Church? Uh, my name's Taylor. I'm one of the pastors here of our, uh, our Braintree location. And uh, how many of you guys have seen The Greatest Showman? Anybody? Yeah, a, a, quite a few of us, right? Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a musical, all right? And uh, I'm, I'm not really a musical kind of guy. I mean, I, I like Moana because I have little kids, um, but I'm not really like a huge musical, uh, musical guy, but I, I really, really liked this movie. Um, and if you, haven't, uh, if you haven't seen the movie, uh, basically, it's, I mean, you got a, a gist of it through the trailer, but it, it, it's loosely based off of the life of P.T. Barnum, who started the Barnum and Bailey Circus. And so um, it kind of goes through his life. And uh, really, uh, there's this idea throughout the movie, this kind of theme throughout the movie, uh, where, uh, of, of, of discontentment. Uh, he, uh, P.T. Barnum just has a, he, he always wants more like th throughout the whole movie, you kind of see this this theme because, kind of spoiler alert, I'll kind of tell you a little bit about the movie. But um, he he's, he comes from nothing. Okay, he he comes from nothing, no money, no nothing, um, and he ends up getting the girl of his dreams, uh, who who has everything. Okay, um, so he gets the girl of his dreams, and right there, man, he he, he made it just stopped right there because I mean he he got he got the girl, um, but but that wasn't enough. Um, he got a job. They moved to New York City, um, but he hated his job like that. Like he wasn't content in in his job either, and so so he he, he and he get, you saw in the trailer he get he gets fired from this job, and then well, and then he has this idea to start this unique show. Okay, which eventually turns into the circus, but he, so he finds all these unique individuals, right? Um, 
You saw that there's the, the, bearded, the bearded lady who sings. There's the, the little guy named Tom Thumb. Uh, there's giants. I mean, he's got, he's got everything in the show, and the show is just, it's going great. I mean, he's, he's making money. He's, he, got a, he, he was able to buy a mansion. I mean, it, everything is, is going good, but, but it's still not enough. It's still not enough. And, and so he, he's, got, he's got it all. And then he, when he's in Europe, he's, he, they do their show for the queen, and he, uh, he meets this opera singer uh, who's like the most famous opera singer in all of Europe. And he's like, he's like, you need to come to America. I'll make you more famous than you could ever imagine. And so he decides he pays their tons of money to come to, uh, to, come to America to do the show, and it's still not enough. And so, so that's kind of where we're at in the movie. I'm going to show this quick clip here in just a second, but he's, he's got everything. He's got everything he could ever imagine, and it's still not enough. So ch check this clip out. First it was buying a house on the same street as my parents, then meeting the queen, then bringing Jenny Lynn, then my father the other night. When will it ever be enough for you? I'm doing this for Caroline and Helen. Look around you. They have everything. You don't understand. I do understand. No, you don't understand. How could you? My father was treated like dirt. I was treated like dirt. My children will not be. You don't need everyone to love you, Finn. Just a few good people. Kind of sad. <laughs> um, but First, he was buying a house on the same street. Oh, there we go. All right. Um, but you basically, I mean, he, he, he goes on because he he's goes on tour, and he's, so he's leaving for months, and he's leaving his family because it's, it's not enough. Like, he, he, he needs more. And here's the deal, man. We, we live in a time where we've never had more than we have right now, right? I mean, we have, we have so much, but we want just, we all just want a little bit more, don't we? Um, we just want a little bit more. There, I, I heard that uh, there was a study that said that if, if people just, people, most people, if they just made 10 grand more, like they'd be happy. Just 10 grand more. That's, that's all we need, right? Just, just 10 grand more. Um, there's tons of, of, of studies shown and linking uh, this, this idea of discontentment to, to social media. Um, there, there's a study done that, uh, that from sociologists saying that, that social media is actually the biggest cause of discontentment in America. Isn't that crazy? So, social media. Uh, there's, there's another study done, it was like about seven or 800 college students. And basically all they did was they put college students in a room with Facebook for 30 minutes. They just put, a, put, them, in, put them in a room with Facebook for 30 minutes, they're like, just, just be on Facebook. And, and basically what they were doing is they wanted to see how, like how, that react, how they reacted after that. So they went and interviewed them individually afterwards, like, all right, so like, what were your emotions? What were you feeling? A third, a third of the college students that, after this study said that they felt either depressed or, or envious uh, after that, those 30 minutes on Facebook. They were either they were, they were slightly depressed or, or they felt envious. And so um, the, the, the fact is, though, whether, whether you're on social media or not, um, we, we all struggle with being content. 
like e each and every one of us from time to time, right? I mean, may maybe not all the time, like we're, we're, not, we're not discontent all the time, uh, but we're not content all the time either. It's, it's just a battle in our lives, right? Where we're content for a little bit and then we're not. We're content for a little bit and then we're not. And so there's, I think there's three different categories of our contentment, okay? Our, dis our discontentment, really. And so what I want you to do is I want you to think about your, you personally, where you kind of fit into this. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or anything, uh, but I'm going to ask you, I'm going to share these three ideas, these three categories of discontentment, and I want you to kind of put yourself in one of those categories. Maybe all three, I don't know, um, but at least one of them. And the first one is material and financial discontentment. I think that's a big one. At, le at least for me, that's, that's one that I fall into uh, quite often, is, is that material and financial discontentment, right? When you see someone else's car, and you're like, and you're driving your, your old beater, right? And, and you see another, you know, somebody else's nice car, and you're like, man, I wish I had that car. You know, or it could be, you know, the, the vacation that someone's on or the house that someone else has that, that, that you want, right? Um, I mean, maybe the, the person that, that they just, they look so put together, maybe on social media, they look put together. Um, but but we, we, we struggle with this, this idea of, of like having more, uh, having more. You know, you, you know, somebody's taking a picture of, you know, their brownies, you know, and putting it on Instagram, and it's like, those are some nice brownies, right? And you're not really looking at the brownies, you're, you're looking at their nice kitchen behind the brownies, and you're like, man, look at those granite countertops. Those, those, those countertops are nice, right? And, and I think we, we all, but, like, we, we all struggle with this sometimes. Uh, and, and that's just the first category, is material and financial discontentment. Uh, the second one I, I have written down is relational discontentment. I think we sometimes struggle uh, with relational discontentment. Maybe it's as simple when you're in middle school or high school and you just don't get invited to that party, right? Or, you, you know, you're, you don't get invited to that, and, and, and it causes that, like, relational discontentment in our lives. Or, or maybe it's, you know, maybe it's our discontentment with our, our kids, and you're, we compare ourselves to somebody else's kids, right? Like, their, their kids are way more well-behaved than, than our kids, and why can't our kids be like that, right? Or, or, or maybe, it's, maybe it's a marriage. Maybe you're comparing your marriage to someone else's marriage, right? We've all done that. If you're married, you've done that before. If you're not, you're lying, right? I mean, we, we've all done that. We've all compared ourselves to other people, and I, think, so, and I think one of those things is just that relational discontentment that sometimes we struggle with. And then the last one is this. It's uh, circumstantial discontentment circumstantial discontentment. It's, it's, it's really saying, like, at this time in my life, like, I really thought I would be here, right? Like, I, I, I thought I'd be, I, with, I thought I'd be in this place with my career, but I'm not. Like, I'm still entry level, and I thought I'd be here. I should be here, and I'm discontent about where I'm at uh, in my career. Uh, may, you know, maybe at, at a certain stage in your life, you thought, man, I, I should be married by now, or I thought I should have kids by now. And, and, and we just, we're, we're discontent because of the circumstances in our life. Maybe it's your vacation time, right? You're like, all, all of your friends, like, they're, they're farther along in their careers, and they've got four weeks of vacation, and you're still stuck with two weeks of vacation, right? And one of those weeks, you have to spend it with your in-laws, which doesn't even count as vacation, and so you're, you're discontent with, with the place that you're at in your life and in your career. Um, and I, I think a lot of us... Maybe we fall into all three of those categories sometimes, or maybe just one more than the other, but I think all of us fall into at least one of those from time to time. And uh, I heard somebody say this, that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how you respond to it. It's 10% what happens to me, but I think a lot of times we live the opposite. 
Like we live in the opposite. And so what I want to do is I, w- I want to share with you guys some scripture. Uh, we're going to be looking in Philippians chapter 4. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Philippians chapter 4. It's written by the Apostle Paul. And just to give you a little like background on where Paul is at, okay, I think this is probably the best scripture that I could find at least that talks about contentment in our lives. And so you know where Paul's at at this point in his life. He's not at an all-inclusive resort in the Caribbean, okay? He's, he's not there. Um, he's not down on the Cape. He's not up in New Hampshire. Like, he, he, he's in prison, okay? Like, this is where Paul's at. He's, he's at house arrest. He's, he's in chains. And this is where we get this scripture. Uh, chapter 4, uh, we're going to look at, start at verse 11. And this is what he says. He says, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or on the Atkins diet, with plenty or with little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. You see, the the secret to contentment, guys, is not in what you have. It's not in what you have, and it's not in what you don't have. Um, it's, it's only, only through Christ's strength. Uh, I heard a pastor say this once, that until Christ is all you have, you will never recognize that Christ is all you need. Until he is the center of your life, and until, he, until your life revolves around everything about God and, and Christ, you'll never realize that, he, like, that, that he's all, all you need. Until you get to that point in your life. You can get all the stuff you want. You can get all the things. You can get all the nice, shiny stuff. Um, you can get every, any relationship that you want. You can get all of that. You can get the best-paying job, the nicest house. But man, without Christ being your strength in the center, it's, you're always going to want more. You're always going to want more without Christ being at the center of your life. And so what I want to do is I want to talk about two things uh, today. Uh, two things we need Christ's strength to do. Because if we need his strength to be content, I think there's two, two things we need to do to allow, basically for us to experience true biblical contentment in our life. And the first thing we need to do is we need to kill comparisons. We need to kill comparisons. We need to stop comparing. When it, if, you, if you go through the, the movie, I mean, you just see Barnum's life P.T. Barnum's life, and he just, he's constantly comparing himself to others. He's, he's comparing his, his house to his, his wife's parents' house. Like, he's comparing how much money he has. He's comparing his status to the other people of, of his time that are the elite of his day. Like, he's, he's constantly comparing himself to other people throughout the movie. And, and we do the same thing. Like, we compare ourselves to other people, too. Uh, I'm going to read a verse in 2 Corinthians Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I'm going to read verse 12, it says, oh, don't worry, we won't dare say that we are wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are, but they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. He says, how ignorant, like how how stupid are you? He's like, like you, but, but we do the same thing. Like, we compare ourselves to other people. 
Like that's like we, we use that instead of instead of comparing ourselves to God, like we should be. We like we compare ourselves to other people, and I think we we do it kind of in two different ways. Sometimes we compare ourselves to people that have less to, than us. Okay, no one's probably going to admit that here, but but we we do. Sometimes we 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 admit we, we we compare ourselves to people that have less, and we're like, ah, oh, it makes us feel good about ourselves, right? When someone else, like you're comparing yourself, to someone that has less, whatever that might less might be, and and it makes us feel better, and that's that's sin. That's, that's pride, right? Uh, but we do the same with the opposite. We compare ourselves to people that have more than us. And, we, and, and, then, we're, and, then, we, and then that discontentment just kind of, kind of comes into our lives. And I, I heard somebody say this, that no, no one wins in comparisons. No one wins. No one wins in comparison. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what side you're on when you're, when you're comparing. No one wins when you're comparing yourself uh, to other people. When I was in elementary school, um, I probably, I was, I was a little competitive. My big brother would probably say annoying, but I would say it competitive. Um, I, I think I've simmered down a little bit now that I'm in my 30s. Uh, I'm not as competitive as I once was. Um, but uh, in, in elementary school, uh, the thing I looked forward to probably more than just about anything was field day. Okay, I don't know if you guys, I don't know if field day actually is even still around. Any, anybody, field day? Anybody have field day growing up? I loved, I loved, loved, loved field day. Maybe because I was competitive, but there's basically field day is all these events. It's outside towards the end of the year, and I'd, I, would, I would look forward to field day. I mean, I, like, I would get so excited about field day. I mean, there's like weeks coming up. I'm like practicing three-legged races. There's like all kinds of stuff, all kinds of field day events. But my favorite, favorite field day event was the sprint. It was the sprint. Okay, because basically, if you won the sprint for your grade, you're the fastest kid in your grade. And that was like, it's like, kind of like the Olympics of elementary school. You know what I mean? When you're, when you're the fastest kid in your grade, I mean, you, you, get a, you get a gloat about that until field day next year. And so I remember like being so excited about field day and I was kind of fast, and I knew, like, but I, I, I could easily, like, pick out that. I'm like, I'm faster than him. I'm faster than him. I'm faster than him. He might give me some problems, you know, um, and I think it, it might have been a 100-feet race. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how long the race is. It wasn't very long, but I just remember comparing myself, and I remember, like, first couple of years, I was like, boom, like, super fast, got first place, got my first place little ribbon that was actually just a piece of paper that said, you know, first place on it. So excited about that. First grade, got, got first. Second grade, got first. Third grade, Riley Kelly moves to town. Yep, Riley Kelly, my, my nemesis, uh, Riley Kelly. He was, he was fast. He was really fast. I was like, oh, man, Riley, okay. So I'm like, you know, sizing him up. I'm like, okay, I can, I can do this. I can do this. And field day comes along, third grade. I'm like, all right, I got this. I got this. And he, he, he beat me, barely, little, okay, maybe a little bit more than barely, but he, he beat me third grade. I was like, man, you got to be kidding me. And so, so the whole next year, like, he's, now he's the fastest kid in, in our grade, right? And I'm like, oh, man, I, like, I lost, my, I lost my status of being, the, you know, the fastest kid in my grade. And I was like, okay, so next year, next year I'm going to get him. And so fourth grade comes along, and I got my new shoes Okay, I got my new high tops on. They're Britannias. I don't know if anybody grew up in the, in the 90s, but Britannias, I think they might have been Reebok, but there were some white high tops, uh, and they had a little, like, British flag on the side of them. Anyway, I was wearing my Britannias, brand new, had them laced up nice and tight, and if you remember, when you're a kid, your parents always made you get shoes that were a little bit bigger, right? Because your feet grow so much when you're a kid, so, so you got to have at least a thumb, 
That's what, that was my dad's, my dad's measure. It was like, you got to have a thumb, at least a thumb at the end, right? Might have been two thumbs. I'm not sure. So the shoes are a little big. And, and so, so we, we go to the race, okay, fourth grade. It's the, I mean, this, this is it, man. This is the showdown. This is the finals. This is for the championship. A field day, okay? A field day, again, competitive. Uh, and basically, I mean, so we, we start the race, okay? And, and that year, for, for whatever reason, I'm not sure why, we all decided to start down like on our hands and knees, kind of like a real racer, you know, like putting our hands down on the, on the, on the asphalt because we, we're legit fourth graders, right? And so, so we're going to put our hands down. So as soon as that whistle blows, I'm like, I'm going to beat you, Riley Kelly. You know, I, I had it in my mind. I was going to do it because I knew I could beat everybody else. Um, and as soon as that whistle blows, like right out of the gate, I tripped over my new shoes. But thankfully, my knuckles broke my fall against the asphalt, and I, and I, and my, I fell right, right, to, right to the floor. I actually still have a scar. I'd, I'd want to show you, but I'd have to flip you off to do that, so I don't want to do that. Um, but I, I still have a scar right here on my middle finger from just sliding my, my hands against the asphalt uh, at, at, during that race. And it wasn't, and I, I started crying, not because my hands were bleeding, because I saw the back of Riley Kelly's head just like going, going down for first place. And I just remember that. I was like, oh, man, this is so horrible. You know, they handed my, my, my medal or my medal after that. You know, even though I didn't finish, I got like 27th place. They're like, good job, Taylor. You got, got 27th place. I was like, thank you. And so anyway, so I, I but I, I was constantly comparing. And then the rest of elementary school is kind of like back and forth between me and Riley. I'm constantly comparing myself to, like, who's the fastest? Who's the fastest? And, and it was just, just this, like, weird little, I don't know. It's just because I was so competitive, I guess. But I, here's the deal. Riley Kelly, man, good job, Riley Kelly. Okay, still talking about you 30 years later. Uh, but here's the deal. We, we, we all compare, right? And, and what we need to stop doing is we, we need to kill comparisons in our life. We really do. No matter how competitive you are, no matter how old you are, uh, we all compare ourselves to other people sometimes. Uh, I, I want to read you guys a verse in, chap- in James, uh, James chapter 3. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn to James chapter 3. I'm going to read verse 14 uh, through 16. This is what he says. He says, but if you are bitterly jealous and there is, is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. Uh, for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are, check this out, they're earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. That's serious. For wherever there's jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Whoa. That's, that's, that's pretty serious, right? I mean, when, you, when you're talking about this, this idea of, of jealousy and, and discontent in our life, like, it's, this is a serious thing. It's not, it's not something we should take lightly um, in our lives. And it's, bottom line, it's sinful. Like, it's not from God. It, it really is sinful. Um, so here's the deal, man. In, in order for us to kill some comparisons, in order for us to stop comparing, we might need to do some things differently in our life. Um, for those of us who are, who are on social media, may, maybe for some of you guys, that actually, that's a real struggle. Like, you, you, you find yourself comparing to other people pretty regularly. And, may, and if that's a source of discontentment in your life, maybe you just need to take a break for a little bit. I know a lot of people, they, just, they take breaks from social media for a month or two. Um, and if, if that's where you're at right now, where, where you're on social media, you're on Facebook, you're on whatever platform you're on, and, 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 you sh- and that causes you to compare. 
that causes you to have some discontentment in your life. Maybe you just need to take a break, or maybe you just need to hide that person's story that just annoys the crap out of you on social media. They're not going to know you hid their story, okay? You're still friends with them. Just hide their story. Then you'll have to see it. Um, whatever you have to do, I don't know. You figure that out. Um, but maybe you just need to take a, take a little break. Maybe you need to cancel a magazine subscription. You know, I, maybe, you know, maybe it's a fashion magazine and you're constantly comparing yourself to the people in that magazine and, and that's causing you, it's causing you discontentment in your life. Maybe you need to, to, to make a change that way. Maybe you need to delete some shopping apps on your phone. I know for me, <laughs> I'm completely, completely content with my car and my house until I download Zillow and Cars.com. Like, once I download those two apps on my phone, man, it is like, oh, I'm like, if I just ha- could afford $450 a month, look at the truck I could have. Like, how cool would that be? Or, or I, you look at other, other houses, I'm like, if I just had another $150,000 in my budget, look at the house we could have, Nicole. And I just, dude, it is like a constant, I, hopefully I'm not the only one that, that struggles with that or that would be kind of embarrassing. But, but regardless, we, whatever it is for you, uh, whatever, maybe you need to just make some changes. Uh, another thing I think we can do to help kill comparisons in our life um, is get into the habit of celebrating the successes of others. Get into the habit of celebrating the successes of others. It has a refining effect on your heart when you get into the habit of celebrating the successes of others. Maybe, I, I don't care who it is. Maybe it's, maybe it's your coworker that got the, the promotion that you wanted. Dude, get into the habit of, of, of asking, thanking God for blessing that individual. It might be hard at first, but you start getting into the habit of, of, of just thanking God, thank you for, for blessing them. Somebody that got the new car, somebody that got the new house, somebody that got whatever. Get into the habit of, of celebrating the successes of other people. Um, and here's the deal, <laughs> a little heart check uh, w- when you're doing that is if you're okay with saying God will bless them more than he'll bless you, and you can still say that with a, like, a clean conscience, then that, that's a good way to check your own heart. Like if you're okay with, okay, God, I'm okay with you blessing them, as long as you don't bless them more than you bless me, I'm good, right? Like, I mean, we don't like to say that out loud, but sometimes that's actually true. And so, for, for if, if, like, that's, that's just a good heart check. So if you're okay with God blessing someone else more than he's blessing you, um, that, that's just a good kind of good way to, to keep, keep track of your heart and, and where you're at with that. Uh, I don't know if this is true. I don't have a Bible verse for it, but maybe, maybe, maybe the reason God isn't blessing you is because you're unwilling to celebrate the blessings of other people. That, that could be true. Like, God, may, maybe God is, maybe if he knows that, man, you, you, can't, you, can't, even, you can't even celebrate other people, why, why would I bless you with more? And, and so it's just something to think about. So the first thing we need to do if we're, gonna, if we're going to work on contentment in our life is we need to kill comparisons. Uh, the second thing we need to do is we need to cultivate gratitude. Cultivate gratitude. I heard of this definition that says of, of envy is resenting God's goodness in other people's lives and ignoring his goodness in our own life. That's us sometimes. Like sometimes we do that. Sometimes we, we resent God's goodness in other people's lives and we ignore the blessings and the goodness he's already placed in our own lives. Uh, Proverbs 15, 15 says that for the despondent, 
every day brings trouble. For the happy heart, life is a continual feast. Right? Isn't that so true? I, I didn't know what despondent was. <laughs> Maybe I'm, I guess I'm just stupid. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's that person, it's, think of Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh, okay? He's very despondent, right? He's just, okay, like, all right, it's, I guess life's just okay. Like, and like that's, 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 our, like, that's who that person is. And because the fact is, because if, if you want to look for the negative, if you want to look for the bad around you, you'll find it. You'll absolutely find it. But on the other side of that coin is that if you want to find the good around you, the blessings, the thankfulness around you, you'll find that too. Um, it really is about perspective. Uh, Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 6.9, he said, enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. Just dreaming about nice things is meaningless, like chasing the wind. Eee, gosh, isn't that, so, isn't that so true? And I do it, I do it so often, especially when I've got those uh, shopping apps on my phone. Uh, but we, but we, 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 we do that. But here's the deal. If we're going to cultivate gratitude, we need to enjoy what God has already blessed us with. If we're going to cultivate gratitude, we need to enjoy what God has already blessed us with. Here's the deal. The next time you're, you're tempted to complain about your old junky car, Okay, be, be thankful that you got a junky car. If it's got four wheels, it might have some rust. No problem. Nothing wrong with that. But if you, here's the deal. If you have a car, dude, that puts you in the top 15% of wealthiest people in the world. Even if it's a piece of crap, it's still, it's like the fact that you have a car to get you from point A to point B, it may not be super nice, but if it gets you from point A to point B, like you, you're, you need to, we need to be thankful for that. Next time you think about thinking, man, I need to be more thankful for my house, or maybe it's your apartment, whatever it is, and, and you feel like I need more, okay? Next time you think about that, just be thankful, A, that you have a roof over your head, B, that you have working plumbing in your house. Man, if, you don't, if you're not thankful, like, you need to be, every time you flush that toilet, you need to be thankful that you have a flushing toilet in your house. I mean, if, if that doesn't get you thankful, man, go on a missions trip with us. You'll be very, very thankful uh, for your hot showers and your flushing toilets, okay? Um, we just need to think, maybe your, your job is super busy, you know, and, and you, just, you just don't like your job. Man, my job stinks. I don't like my job. Dude, be, be thankful that you have a job. Be thankful that you get a paycheck, that you can actually live, you can provide food, you can provide for your family. Um, here's the deal. I think we need, to, we need to agree that we won't bow down to the sin of envy and comparisons in our life. Because here's the deal. When, when my life is good, when my life is good, I need to thank God for the blessings I already have. And here's the deal. When my life is not going the way I want it to go, I still need to thank God, God thank him for his goodness and knowing that he's still at work and he's working all things for good in my life. Like that's what we need to get into the habit of. Because he is all I need, I will pursue him with all my heart. I think that's a good, good lesson for us to learn. Because if he is all I need, I'll pursue him with all my heart. And that's how we get true joy. That's how we get true contentment in our life. When it, it, it's through his strength. It's, it's through nothing of our own. It's, it's only through his strength. Um, when, you go back to, when you go back to The Greatest Showman, the movie, 
you, you go through his life. I'm sorry if you haven't seen it. I'm going to give you a little bit of the ending. Um, but he basically, he, he, he has it all. Like he's got the wife, he's got the house, he's got the job, he's got the money, he's got everything. He's got everything he wants. And as the, as the movie plays on, he loses it all. Like he loses, he loses everything. He loses his wife. His wife leaves him, goes back to her parents' house. Because he, he's, he's so focused on, on more. He's so focused on more. He loses his mansion because he borrowed money from the mansion to go on that tour. And the tour didn't work out. And now, now he's just in a, in a world of hurt. He loses, his, he loses his circus, his show. That, like, everything. He loses everything in his life. And it, gets, and it takes him losing everything. takes him everything before he's, he's content, before he's thankful with what he had all along the whole time. There's a song at the end of the movie, um, and I'm not going to sing it. I'm going to read some of the lyrics, uh, but it's called From Now On, okay? And this is, so this is, basically, he's, it's, it's towards the end of the movie. He realizes, like, like I, I've, been, I've been chasing things that really don't matter, and I, and I finally have learned the, the value of just being content with what I have. And, and, and this, is, this is some of the lyrics uh, to that song. He says, he said, I drank champagne with kings and queens. The politicians praised my name. But those are someone else's dreams, the pitfalls of the man I became. So for years and years, I chased their cheers, the crazy speed of always needing more. And he says, from now on, he said, these eyes will not be blinded by the lights. From now on, what's waited till tomorrow starts tonight. And he says, let this promise in me start like an anthem in my heart from now on. And I didn't do that justice, but if you want to hear the actual song, check out the movie. But here's the deal. He, he, he finally understood that he had everything he needed. It was, it was there the whole time. And here's the deal. Imagine your life completely content all the time. Imagine, imagine your life, because here's the deal. That's the life that God wants for you. Like, that's the life that he actually wants for you. And, and maybe you're here today and you're thinking, all right, Taylor, that, that sounds okay, but I still want that stuff. Like, I, I still want some of those things you're, you mentioned, right? Um, but here's the deal. You can get all the people you want. You can get all the relationships you want. You can get the nicest house. You can get all the money you want, all of it. Here's the deal. You're still going to be empty. You're still going to be able, you're still going to be empty. Here's the thing. There's not enough people or enough money that can fill your life because it's not an earthly void that's in your life. It's a spiritual void. Like, we can try to fill our lives with everything from this earth, everything, and we're still going to wind up empty. We're still going to wind up wanting more because that hole in our hearts cannot be filled with anything from this world. It's a spiritual void, and that void can only be filled with Jesus. He's the only one that can give us true contentment. His spirit, his power is the only thing that will give us that true contentment in our lives. Um, here's the deal. I don't, I don't know what area of your life you, you struggle with contentment with. I, I don't know if it's comparing I don't know if it's things. I don't know if it's relationships. I don't, I don't know what that is for you, but you do. And, and my prayer has been this week is that, that God's Holy Spirit would point out an area of your life where that, that you need to make some adjustments, 
an area of your life that you need to stop, start killing comparisons. Maybe it's an area of your life that you just need to start practicing gratitude more and be thankful for the things that you have. I don't know what it is, but you do. So let's, let's spend a minute praying. Heavenly Father, God, you know our hearts. God, you know, you know the areas of our life, maybe that no one else even knows about, um, that we need to make some adjustments. God, maybe there's some, some people, some relationships that you've been comparing, we've been comparing to other people. I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's fill in the blank. What, what, what are you comparing to others? Because what, what God says is that none of it's okay. There's no comparisons in our life that are okay. Like what, what, have you, what, what have you been comparing yourself? How have you been comparing yourself to others? Maybe you just don't have a grateful heart. Maybe you just need to be more thankful and get into the habit of celebrating other people, celebrating the blessings in other people's lives. Maybe, maybe that sin of pride has just kind of crept into your heart. And maybe you've just been chasing and chasing and chasing things that really don't matter. You've been, you've been chasing money. You've been chasing careers. You've been tra- chasing relationships. And, you, and if you're still at that point where you feel like you just want more, I just want a little bit more, I just want a little bit more, Maybe, maybe you need Jesus Christ to fill that void in your life. Like maybe never, there's never been a point where you asked Jesus to forgive you. The only one that I ever could fill that void. To forgive you, to take away your sins, to give him your life. Maybe you've never made that decision in your life. You've, your whole life you've been chasing, you've been trying to find happiness in stuff. And God's word said, you're never going to find happiness and stuff. You can only find it in me. And, and, and maybe that's where you're at today. I, at, to tell him, tell God, God, I'm, I'm yours. Forgive me. God, forgive me for trying to find joy and happiness in the wrong stuff. God, I only want to find it from you. God, I, I want to live my life for you. Forgive me. Take away my sins. I realize that you're the only one can get me true joy and true contentment. God, I'm thankful for your love. God, I'm thankful for the opportunity that we have to come and to, to dive into your word, uh, to just to figure out areas of our life that we need to change. God, so that we can become a little bit more like you, God, so that we can have true joy and true contentment in our lives instead of trying to fill it up with stuff that's just going to leave us wanting more. God, you're good. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your son. God, we love you. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. That was an awesome just teaching from Taylor. Um, I imagine many of us will go home and watch The Greatest Showman. Uh, Such a fun movie. Uh, Taylor specifically asked me,